You are now listening to that meddlesome jerk. Please enjoy responsibly. Let's get into the top 25 movies of the year. I uh, apologize that I'm releasing this so late. Um, My apology isn't necessarily for your waiting, like you're just sitting around looking at your watch, tapping your toe, being like, come on, man, we're those best of lists. I apologize because, you know, we're moving along in the year and usually now isn't the time that people are releasing their lists. They usually release them in December. I wait until January 1st to start working on my list. Um, Throughout the year, I write, anytime I see a good movie, I just write it down on a list. And it's like, uh, so I have a list of movies. January 1st comes around, I look at that list, I start editing it down to 25, and then from that 25, I'm like, okay, what is the weakest of these 25? Boom. And then, all right, what are the weakest of these 24? What are the weakest of these 10? You know, so on and so on until I get my number one. Generally, I know what my number one is. Generally, you know, um, and this year was no different. I I knew going in what my number one was. Uh, when I do my list, it's gonna sound like I'm complaining, which I am not. I am just merely explaining why it's in the position it's in. Because I always wonder when people list when they do their list. Like, well, why is this 17 instead of 14? Or why is it, you know, because it's generally just, oh, here's this great movie. It's number five. Or here's this great. And like, I want to know why. Like, why did it make that? Because sometimes I honestly wonder, specifically with albums, when someone's like, here's my top 100 albums of the year. It's like, you don't need to do 100. That's too many. Like, um. Like, it just feels like here are all the albums I heard that didn't suck. Like, cause I heard a hundred albums that were good. They didn't make my list and they didn't even make the honorables, you know? Uh, it just feels like sometimes people just throw shit up to throw shit up instead of actually being like, this is something that meant something to me or I listened to whatever. Uh, but I feel like those are, I'm speaking strictly of critics, not of people who make their own homemade list. So that being said, let's jump in to the 25 best. Oh, shit. So (laughs) two things. Uh, One, if you have checked out I Am Not Okay With This or plan on checking out I Am Not Okay With This, uh, one of the movies or one of the television shows that were on my best of list, there is a group that is mentioned on the sh- the television show that one of the characters is kind of obsessed with, it is technically a real band. They, they made it up for the show, but uh, two real musicians made an album for the show. They also uh, scored the show and all that stuff. So their music is played during the show. So if you like the music that's in the show, then check out the album. Uh, if not, don't. Whatever. It, it is what it is. And also... Keep in mind, art is subjective. 
my number one might not even make your list at all. You might watch and be like, eh, it is, but it's why, you know, it's mine. It, it's, it's my favorite, not everyone else's favorites. It's just my favorite. And I, and I find that the case to be, you know, happen a lot when I'm looking at people's lists. And a lot of times I like, you know, the best from 50 to 20 and then their top 20, I think is absolute garbage. Uh, so it, it's all subjective. My number 25 was a someone else's number one. I know that. And with that being said, let's get into number 25 with Butt Boy. It is available on Amazon Prime. Uh, I will try to make a lot of these as, spoily, as spoiler-free as possible. But uh, Butt Boy is a insane movie. Um, there's not much to be said other than it's fucking insane. It's just an insane movie. Um, one of the main characters in it is like a grizzled, you know, no nonsense fucking cop. And, uh, I'm kind of tired of that character, that whole trope. And so, which is why it's number 25 instead of uh, lower. And then there's another reason, but uh, without spoiling it, because I realized if I said it, it's uh, kind of a spoiler. Um, I'll just leave it at that. But uh, God, it, it for a movie called Butt Boy and what it's about. Um, and I, honestly, I, I, I want to say I guarantee you probably don't know what it's about. You might think like, oh, I know what a movie called Butt Boy is about. I don't think you do. Not this one. Um, so you might get close, you might get close, but, uh, I, I don't think you'll, not, not the whole thing. So it's on Amazon prime. If you want to check it out, if you got Amazon prime, it's a, a solid movie, not kid friendly. Don't watch it around anyone. I had a friend who watched it around his wife. She was not pleased. So it's not for everyone, but also the name of the movie is called butt boy. So you should know what you're getting into right away, which is probably why they named it that to begin with. Um, I think, though, the, the one of the stars, he, he wrote, directed, and scored it. So, you know, get some props to that. I'm always, I'm always uh, giving applause to people who wear multiple hats and do multiple things instead of just, you know, one thing. And sometimes, you know, with the, with the smaller budget films, that's what you gotta do. Anyway, number 25 is Butt Boy. Uh, number 24 is a little horror movie called Lodge. It was uh, pretty entertaining, dark, atmospheric. Um, the The acting was well done, the, written was, the, the writing was well done. Um, I mean, not the scariest thing I've ever seen, but uh, pretty solid. Um, you know, I feel like some of the mystery I caught on to right away. And I don't know if that was on purpose or what, but uh, yeah, it was still pretty solid. I was still pretty happy with it. Number 23 is You Cannot Kill David Arquette, a documentary starring David Arquette. And if you grew up in the 90s, then you know who David Arquette is. He was in Scream and tons of other movies at one point it felt like he was in every fucking movie um he was in a movie called 
Let's Rumble or something along those lines where he was a wrestler and for promotion, he went and did actual wrestling and they gave him a belt. And then apparently the, the wrestling world hated him and he was like the most hated wrestling per like it's this whole big ordeal. I don't know anything about that because I wasn't into wrestling then. I'm not into wrestling now either, but spe specifically not then. So I had no idea that and like honestly I don't even know if it was really a real thing now like if like it was just uh, a promotion and then there was that like at, at it, it as as good as it is and there's some scenes in there where it's like oh they're definitely not fucking around um he he hurts himself pretty good uh but there are times when I think how much of this is promotional and how much of this is like a documentary, like a, like, you know, what it's supposed to be of like a fly on the wall, just observing subjects. Um, that being said, nonetheless, it was still really entertaining and a, and a fun watch. And every time I think about it, I'm like, Oh yeah, that was a good movie. Number 22 project power. Um, you can find that on Netflix uh, you cannot kill David Arquette's on one of the streaming services too. I, I just forget which one. Uh, it wasn't, but now it is. Um, so you can find it. What I do generally is if you go to Google and you just type in the name of the movie, a lot of times it will tell you what streaming services, uh, it's on. You don't even have to type streaming, just type in the film and then like, well, it'll pop up and it'll be like Hulu, Netflix. So not all the time. Sometimes, uh, sometimes IMDB will tell you, it'll say watch options, uh, Anyway, Project Power, Netflix movie. I'm not generally a big fan of their big budget movies. I didn't like The Old Guard. I didn't like the movie with Chris Hemsworth. Um, but this one, pretty good with uh, Jamie Foxx, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. It's uh, kind of a new, new spin on uh, superheroes. You take a pill, you get a power. Pretty good stuff. Um, I mean, you know. For, for a bigger budget movie on Netflix, pretty solid. Uh, not a bad way to spend your evening. Number 21 is I'm thinking of ending things. Now, I've seen this listed as horror, as thriller, as drama. It's kind of all those things, and it's kind of none of those things. It's a weird fucking movie. Uh, it's made by Charlie Kaufman, and if you know that name, then you know right away what you're getting into. If you don't know that name... Um, then I'm sorry if you go into that blindly. Uh, it is also a Netflix original. And man, uh, I just realized oh, three in a row of Netflix originals. Huh. Anyway, uh, with, with being a Netflix original, a lot of times when people, you know, movies are thrown up on Netflix because, you know, it's a, a service and you don't really have to pay extra for it. A lot of people will just watch it. It's like, oh, what's this new movie that they're promoting? Oh, I'll check this out. And then they're like, ah, boo. This is one of those movies that should be like come with a warning of just like fucking beware. Because it's not for everyone. Uh, Charlie Kaufman's movies are not for everyone. Uh, he, he did, you know, Adaptation. He did Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. He did Being John Malkovich. Like, his movies are, they're not, like, full-on David Lynch weird, but, like, they're they're pretty close. Uh, 
And what makes them even more, uh, I, I guess, would be frustrating to a mainstream audience is that like there's always a hint of normalcy. And so you feel like you're watching something normal and then like there's just batshit insane. Like, like it's either something really weird happens out of left field and then, I don't know. Anyway, uh, solid movie. Uh, I liked their attention to detail on certain things. I liked the subtlety with other things. Once again, don't want to spoil anything, but uh, I think that it might have been a better movie if it was tightened up a bit. Uh, it runs at two hours and 14 minutes. Honestly, it could have been an hour and a half. Um, that being said, uh, at the same time, I also appreciate that uh, the the director or writer probably made the movie that they wanted to make at the length they wanted to make. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on board for that, you know, our artistic freedom and expression. That's cool. But like, there was a certain scene where I'm like, fuck, dude, that could have been trimmed in half for sure. Cause it was super, super long. And I'm like, I don't know how much it made me appreciate it more, but like at a certain point I was starting to kind of like check out where I was just like, geez, is this going to be the entire movie? Just uh, them in this one place. But uh, I liked it enough that it made the list because you know, it, it was different, original. It was fun. It was dark. It was melancholy. Um, there was some kind of humor in it a little bit. But like it, it was good. I liked it. Number 20 is the next Netflix original movie called The Willoughbys. I'm not sure which uh, like company they're with, the uh, animation company they're with, but uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's a solid movie. Will Forte is the, um, the head, the oldest Willoughby child. It's a, it's a kind of a dark movie for kids. At least the subject matter is dark. And then you find out that Ricky Gervais uh, is a producer. You're like, oh, well, that makes sense. Um, if he was going to be in a kid's movie, no wonder it had such a dark touch. But much like Ricky Gervais, it's like dark yet uplifting and light. I don't know. Saw a little movie. Uh, I meant to watch it a long time ago, and I just kept putting it off. It was one of those things I saw like way, way long time. I'm like, oh, I should check this out, and then just never got around to it till later in the year and watched it and enjoyed it a lot. Uh, yeah, good good movie. Number 19 is Spree. This, I don't know if it's on anything um, other than like renting or whatever. Uh, it's, I guess, technically a found footage film. It's about uh, a guy who really wants followers uh, on, you know, social media and kind of will do anything for that. And it, it's very much a black comedy in, in the style of like Heathers and things like that. Um. It got a lot darker than I thought it was going to get, and so that's always a plus, but uh, it was a solid film. There were times where I got kind of annoyed with the the constant YouTube, like, hey guys, all right, click, link, subscribe, you know, so, um, I, I mean, but other than that, like, for, for a movie that was you know, kind of like in the found footage style, pretty damn solid. And, uh, I think it's Joe Keery, uh, one of the older kids, uh, from Stranger Things. He's the star in it. He kind of, 
And I, and I think in, in other hands, it might have felt flat a little bit, but he, he really made it work. Uh, number 18 is The Dark and the Wicked. It is, according at least to the opening credit, a Shudder original, yet it's not on Shudder, uh, which I have a subscription to, so that bummed me out when I saw that. I was like, oh, cool. And then, but it's not on Shudder. It won't be on Shudder until, I think, uh, maybe this month. But it wasn't last year. So anyway, um, for a Shutter original, it is fucking well made. Uh, there was some, at least some money behind it. Uh, the actors were great. It was dark. It was atmospheric. It was creepy as fuck. Um, I wish there would have been a little more of a story to it. Uh, and some of the rules that they set in place didn't make sense at times, but that happens with horror. You, um, sometimes at times it did feel like we're just making a movie to be, we're just throwing all the creepy shit at you for no reason. Like there was no real reason behind it. Like though they had a, a reason behind it, it felt like a kind of a, a thin reason of like, oh, hey, let's do all this creepy shit. And it's like, well, why? Uh, I don't know, because of this, why not? And then call it a day. That being said, uh, it was pretty fucking solid. Um, 17 is a movie called Extraordinary. And this this one also has Will Forte in it, though he is not the star. Um, it's, I want to say Australian, might be New Zealand. Um fucking solid movie though it, it's it's very much in the same vein of like Shaun of the Dead it's like kind of a horror comedy not nearly as funny as Shaun of the Dead but it had some pretty genuine good laughs and um honestly like it was a pretty solid movie but it was the end that was like oh shit okay you're definitely going on the best of uh so check it out uh I enjoyed it I watched it on Hulu but I have a bunch of channels on Hulu, so I don't even remember if it was on like a Showtime add-on or something. But it's on Hulu, uh, or at least that's why I watched it. Uh, number 16, another Netflix original, uh, Eurovision with Will Ferrell. Now, Will Ferrell movies are very hit or miss. A lot more miss than hit these days. Uh, but uh, him and Rachel McAdams star as a, a brother-sister duo who go out and want to be part, like, to write just the greatest song. So, uh, yeah, but it was pretty fucking funny, though. Like, I, I put it on being like, oh, let me just check, let me see how bad this is. And, uh, you know, even my wife, who was, like, in the other room, kind of like was listening and laughing and then she sat down and watched the whole thing with me so we both really liked it it was a really solid movie um <laughs> a little too much singing for for my taste uh but that you know it is a musical kind of thing uh it's not a like full-on musical where they're just singing for no reason but um they could have cut back on some of the songs which is why it's uh 16 number 15 man, I'm realizing how many Netflix originals are on here, uh, is the half of it. Uh, really enjoyed the half of it. It is a kind of, you know, an, an old, an old tale. It's a love tale of 
someone's in love with someone else and they're not in love with them, but they're in love with someone else and, you know, kind of like a weird, but it's got a different slight spin on it. And, you know, I know some people are like, oh, of course they have to be fucking gay or there's going to be a Okay, whatever. Um, the, the reason I liked it was the lead. Uh, I think she carried the movie for sure. I thought the writing was clever. I thought the actors were, were great and really just the dialogue. It was great. Um, it wasn't over the top drama. Um, a lot of subtle comedy. It reminded me a lot of like indie comedies, like kind of like Lady Bird, uh, style. Um, it's not as well-made as Lady Bird, but it, you know, I, I imagine anyone who enjoyed that movie would enjoy this one as well. I, I don't know. I enjoyed it. it. It was thrown on just out of pure boredom. Like I was like, oh, well, you're a new movie. I guess I might as well watch you. And I really enjoyed it. Um, number 14, we got Underwater, which was a pretty solid, solid little horror movie with Kristen Stewart. I know a lot of people don't like her, so you know, obviously, if you don't like her, you're not going to like this movie either. Um, there was one thing in it that made it really do the list. Otherwise, it would have been just a, like The Invisible Man. That's, that was a solid horror movie. A lot of people loved it, and it made a lot of people's list for sure this year. Uh, I saw it on almost every list I fucking saw this year about movies. And yeah, it was a, it was a good movie, but I think if Elizabeth Moss wasn't in it, that movie would have been nothing. Like, it wouldn't have been on anyone's list. I think Elizabeth Moth is an amazing actress, and she went in there and did what Elizabeth Moth does and fucking act the hell out of things. But the the story itself was eh, mediocre. It was whatever. Um, it was okay. It was an entertaining watch, but, like, uh, it wasn't, like, memorable. Like, I don't think people were going to be talking about it in, you know, 2030. So that being said, uh, underwater would have been kind of along those lines. Um, I'm a kind of a sucker for underwater horror. Uh, but like there was one thing that had, like there's one thing in the movie where not just like a scene or something, but like there's something in the movie that was like, okay, boom, you are officially on the list. Um, made me geek out a little bit. So number 13, inheritance. Another horror movie, uh, solid, solid flick. It has, it's, it, I thought I went in thinking it was going to be something completely different and it kind of turned off, turned off to fucking to a different road and went down there and I was like, okay, but I was still along for the ride and it was still good. Um, I still think it was super well done. And honestly, I think that, uh, it is a movie that's going to be forgotten because it just kind of got swept on the rug under a bunch of different things and, um, you know, loss and release and dates and all sorts of stuff. But uh, it's still a solid movie. And if you happen to hear of it um, or see it on a streaming thing or wherever, check it out. Pretty good stuff. Number 12 is a documentary that I reviewed in my South by Southwest episode with Israel, where Amazon, Amazon Prime released a bunch of movies that were supposed to be in the festival. Um, this was one of the movies I reviewed in length, so I won't review too much of it. And honestly, I don't even know if it's still on Amazon Prime, but uh, it is about Johnny Cash's first wife. And it kind of puts things in perspective of like, uh, 
you know, everybody sweeps it under the rug of like, oh, Johnny and June, Johnny and June. And it was like, no, there was this whole other person that, you know, Johnny Cash had a bunch of kids with. And then he left his wife for this other lady and, you know, this poor lady. Uh, it kind of gives her a, a name and a face and makes you feel a little more empathetic uh, instead of being like, oh, this greatest love story of all time, Johnny and June. And it was like, you know, there was, uh, you know, a w- aftermath of like to that love story. It's like he was cheating on his wife. And anyway, uh, I also realized too that like when I was making this list, I had a bunch of documentaries. And when I was like putting them together, I realized I had grouped a ton of them together. And I was like, well, are they really that good if they're all just kind of like, oh, here you go. But uh, I think that one was definitely the best documentary I saw this year. Um, number 11, what a surprise. Oh, Netflix original, Horse Girl with uh, Alison Brie. And it is the live action version of Bojack Horseman, but just she plays Bojack Horseman. As a, that was a terrible joke. I'm sorry. Uh, and no, I'm not going to edit it. I'm going to leave it in as a punishment. So it's it's in there forever. Of the the bad joke, bad. You know, that wasn't even like, not even clever. I'm I'm ashamed of myself. Anyway, Horse Girl uh, is a, a solid a solid movie where it, it's it's weird. But my wife, man, was like yelling about this movie. She's like, ah, it's so weird. And I was like, she would only like walk in and out. Like she would be in the bedroom doing something. Then she would come in, see some scene. She's like, I don't understand what's going on. I'm like, well, no shit. You're only catching brief glimpses of this fucking weird movie. But it's it makes sense when you watch it from beginning to end. Unlike when you're watching Inland Empire or Mulholland Drive or Racerhead, which makes sense no times anytime you watch it. Um, there is definitely people who are going to watch it who'd be like, okay, yes, no, that didn't make any sense. And like the ending, it was vague or whatever, blah, 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 blah. But like, if you're looking at straight ahead answers, you're not going to get it. I believe this movie was definitely made to have conversations. And I think there's two possible answers to what's going on in the film and I think that in the film, they give, uh, they provide for both uh, an argument for both conclusions. And, and I think they, they, you know, the movie was meant to be discussed uh, afterwards, which, which I'm all for. And I, and I think it was a well-made, well-made movie. Uh, Alison Brie made a, a solid movie. She stars in it and wrote it. So number 10 is a movie called Love and Monsters. It's uh, it's the more family-friendly version of Zombieland. It's got monsters. It's got, uh, you know, adventure and, and action and kind of horror and, and stuff like that. And it, it's definitely more comedy-driven, kind of like Zombieland than anything. But it's just not filled with a bunch of fuck words and, you know, uh, crazy graphic violence. So 
you could definitely watch it. With, I think it's PG-13. So it's got some, you know, some curse words and like some blood and stuff. But it's definitely the, you know, like what National Treasure is to Indiana Jones. This is to Zombieland. And that might be a bad example, like, but that's the closest way I can think of it. It, it, it had Zombieland vibes but just a little more family friendly. Um, the, the lead was great. I think the monsters themselves were really well done considering um, it feel like a movie that just kind of came out of left field. And so like, it looks really nice. I, I thought the monsters were really well done. Um, <laughs> the, I, I have the smallest minor problem with it and it happens towards the end. There's just one little thing where I'm like, eh, really? But I mean, honestly, in a movie filled with like monsters and, and their own rules, having one tiny little nitpicky detail isn't that bad. Uh, that being said, it was a pretty fun watch. Number nine is Vivarium. I think I'm pronouncing that right. If not, forgive me. Um, it's sci-fi. It's weird. Uh, it made me uncomfortable. Not much more to say than that without spoiling it. Number eight, The Hunt. Uh, this movie is not breaking any new ground, like not breaking new territory. Uh, but it was, you know, much like Happy Death Day or, you know, certain other movies. Um, and also another movie on this list where, yes, it's not groundbreaking. It's not new, doing anything new. But it's taking something and it did it well. And The Hunt is a fun, gory, just fun time. Um, number seven is All Day and a Night. Uh, I want to say this is a Netflix original as well. Uh, yeah, or at least it's on Netflix. I'm not sure. Uh, man, it has been a long time since I saw a gangster movie. Like, this movie lives somewhere in between Boys in the Hood and Menace, uh, Menace of South Central. And when I was watching it, I was like, it's not as raw as Menace, but it, but it kind of, it, like, it kind of is more raw. Uh, it's a little more realistic, uh, a little more gritty. It's, it's a, like, man, if you, if you miss those old gangster movies, this is, this is, this is one for you. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And I was like, that's time. And there hasn't been a good gangster movie in a minute. Number six, another Netflix original, uh, The Devil All the Time. This stars a shit ton of people. Um, I remember one of my friends read the book and her her description of it was, there's a lot of characters and none of them are good. It's like, I've never read a book with so many just despicable people. And uh, yeah, that that is it. it. It's pretty much a bunch of despicable people. There there are some good guys or good people. And it takes place in the olden times. But yeah, if you, if you like your movies gritty and you like your movies dark and you like uh, a bunch of despicable shit, the movie's for you. Um, good times. Number five is a horror movie called Relic. Now, when I was watching it, 
I enjoyed it. There was a couple parts where like, especially when it ended, I was like, ah, eh, I don't know. I was like, all right, I get it. All right, clever. And then I moved on. And then I thought about it for like two months. So, and I just like, every time I thought, like I kept thinking about it and thinking about scenes and how, what it meant and blah, blah. And I was like, oh man, that was actually pretty good. And how they handled like the storytelling and all this stuff. And so I was like, at the time, I felt like I didn't like it, especially when it ended. I liked it while I watched it. But like when it ended, I was just like, oh, all right, fucking bravo. You guys are clever. But then it stuck with me. And it was a fucking solid movie. Um, number four. This is the last Netflix movie on the list. So you won't have to hear that word anymore. Uh, it's a movie from, oh, I want to say like, South America, Brazil. Uh, I probably should have looked this up. I have them all written now, but I was like, nah, whatever. Uh, it's the platform is a sci-fi horror movie about uh, a prison, and basically the premise is a platform of food goes from the top down into the bottom, and then it stops on each floor, and the prisoners can get it. They get it once a day, and so. If you're on the top floor, you get the most food. If you're on the bottom floor, you get the least amount of food. And for the most part, it serves as a good metaphor for human and society and all that stuff. Um, but take the metaphors away. It's still a solid little horror sci-fi movie, uh, which is why it's number four. Um, technically, man, this this was going to be, uh, it was higher up, but uh, these, these other two, well, these other three were... Just way better. So now we're in the top three. We're coming to the end. Uh, I think uh, if you listen to all the podcasts, you probably heard me talk about this with Asha for a little bit. I tried not to say too much, but um, The Sound of Metal on Amazon Prime. Uh, I have one buddy who made fun of it. I don't know if they ever saw it, but it was made fun of. This movie uh, deals with going deaf, which kind of hit a little too close to home. It's a musician who's going deaf, and, and uh, it gave me lots of panic attacks for sure. Um, but uh, it was a solid indie movie, and like, man, I, I, I just like was blown away by everyone's performances, like everything, like I don't know just one of those movies that like spoke to me. Like when you want to talk about subjective, this movie's pretty subjective. Like just, I, I probably the, these top three very much subjective. Um, but, uh, uh, man. And like, I, I still think about that. This was like, to me, kind of like the call me by your name where it's like, not a lot happens, but for, it just spoke to me. So it is what it is. Uh, number two, Gretel and Hansel. Uh, really enjoy this. It is uh, directed and written by Oz Perkins, who is um, the Perkins from Psycho, the star of Anthony Perkins, the star of Psycho. It's his son. Um, he has done a couple other uh, horror movies. Uh, all of them are kind of artsy. This one being the artsiest. Uh, that being said, it's not like artsy artsy, but like it is artsy and like how it's filmed. I don't know how to explain it. It, um, 
it's it's just a like god it is a beautiful movie to look at and it's creepy as fuck and the music is great and the actors are great and everything about it kind of uh is great like i can't say anything better i mean it was my number one film until i saw my number one film which is a hulu original starring andy samberg called palm springs I watched it multiple times during a weekend when it was first released. I told everyone about it. Uh, It is very much a Groundhog's Day movie where it's a time loop of just someone stuck in time. Uh, Usually, you know, not breaking new new ground here, but uh, they did it well enough. And the writing, directing, uh, like all that stuff, it was just my favorite movie of the year. Um, you can argue that there are better films, probably, but I didn't watch any other movie multiple times this year. Uh, and if I did, not more than I watched Palm Springs. So, that being said, that was my favorite movie of the year. It it was, uh, it was great. I, I, yeah, there's nothing more to say than I loved it more than anything else, for sure. So that's it. That is my best of list. Not too bad, right? Clocking in not, not too long. Uh, I feel kind of bad. Uh, um, I mean, I, I would fluff it up a little more, but then it would just be me giving away plot points. So thank you for indulging me and listening. Those were my best of movies. Hopefully, my my goal is... Out of those 25, you find one that you had never heard of and like it. doesn't have to be your most favorite movie, but just something like, oh, I never heard of that. Cool. Let me check that out. And then you enjoy it. It doesn't matter uh, where it is because there's going to be a lot of movies on this list that people aren't going to like. Um, but hopefully there's one that you really enjoy. With that, I will sign off and then get into the best albums all right enjoy these movies thank you for listening we hope you enjoyed today's episode of that meddlesome jerk